Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. No, I didn't leave it. Oh. Welcome to the Dudes on Hockey <laughs> podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Oh, we're just re-recording. We're just it. re-recording. Sometimes oh. we record an intro and we say controversial things that makes the other person laugh because they're so surprised at the beginning of the podcast being that <laughs> controversial. Yeah. And Doug just did that to me and we laughed for about two minutes. And uh, now we're recording the real intro of the podcast. <laughs> that other intro, needless to say, will never, ever, <laughs> ever be posted. That's right, dude. Dude, oh. it's... It's been a long time since we recorded. Has, I'm glad we put some levity into the podcast because I know it's a bit of a sad time for a lot of Sharks fans and there's a lot of new things to talk about in terms of free agency and re-signings and the makeup of different teams and the changing of the Sharks and all of this stuff. There's a lot to talk about today. It's a big off-season podcast for us. Absolutely, dude. And I think you know we certainly need to start with... Dalton Prout. Of course. <laughs> Needless to say. Uh, Joe Pavelski, dude. Uh, we feared that this could be what was going to happen, and it did. And I don't know. I I didn't want to believe that this was going to be the way that this was going to end up. But Joe Pavelski is a Dallas star. That's right. Which is incredibly bizarre. To say, but it's true. Uh, he signed with Dallas three years, $21 million, dude. And the captain, Joe Pavelski, is no longer part of this team. Yeah. It, part of the Sharks organization since he was drafted, uh, since he was a young player out of the University of Wisconsin. I'm. It, it's just crazy to think about to see this guy in a different uniform it's it's hard to hard to imagine I guess even though we followed this league for a long time we followed a lot of players for a long time and we've seen such seminal sharks as Patrick Marlowe leave for other places it's still it's still a little shocking and it's a little sad when a player like that like either Marlowe or Pavelski in this case you know the the current captain or the previous captain of this team is now playing for, well, I guess, no longer a division rival, but uh, playing in the West. And it's just it's just an odd moment. But this is how the business works. We saw a lot of, a lot of players move around over the last uh, month or so, and, and the team has to move on, and Joe Pavelski has to move on. The thing that really shocked me the most, and, and this was my immediate reaction, especially when I heard the number of years and the term, because we had talked about this before this all went down, which is, oh, what's it going to cost to keep him? What's the right kind of value? I mean, the guy's a 38 goal scorer this past year. And so, you know, the number in my head was seven and a half to $8 million for Joe Pavelski and m- several years because the guy is a proven goal scorer. <laughs> the guy's done it year in and year out for the Sharks. Um, and he has skills that very few other players have. He has this ability to tip pucks into the net from all all angles. And the fact that he signed for three years and $7 million, which is fewer years than I expected and fewer dollars than I expected. My first thought was that the Sharks never intended to keep him. I don't know. Do you agree with that? I 
three or seven million dollars is not breaking the bank by any means. I have to think this was a conscious decision. Agree? Ah, oh, gosh. I mean, it's so difficult to say, dude, that they never intended to keep him. I mean, they offered him a super discount, right? They offered him something. Right? Cause, sure. Because they were having talks, but did would anybody really have disputed the idea that Joe Pavelski was worth $7 million? I don't... Who no. Would, who and, and, and the Sharks have not been shy about giving this almost exact contract to players this age. They did it with Joe Thornton. Yeah. They did it with Patrick Marlowe. They gave them those matching three-year deals, right? Mm-hmm. When they were 34, 35. So, you know, the history was there. It came down to that they had to make a decision between signing Eric Carlson or Joe Pavelski and maybe you're right. Maybe the die was cast when they traded for Eric Carlson with the full intention of signing him. That Joe Pavelski, they knew unless... Now, the other part of this is they may not have figured that Joe Pavelski was going to have a 38-goal output. Of and course. that, you know, if he had had somewhere in the 20s, that this would have been a different contract that would have been more uh, palatable, which... I have to believe is more the case that I think they thought maybe three and 15 might be what it would take to sign Joe Pavelski. And if that had been the case, if he had had not a 38 goal year, but a 24, 25 goal year, that three and 15 would be more what they'd be looking at. Right. And I think that was the gamble that they took. They were wrong. Pavelski had a great year, which yep. was good for the team, but bad for his future in San Jose. It's weird to say that having a great year priced him out of the Sharks organization, but I think that it did. So I think that, as I'm talking through it, I think the Sharks forecasted him at a different number. Mm-hmm. And they probably forecasted Timo Meyer at a different number too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Timo Meyer had an incredible year. Right. And those two salaries combined uh, you cannot fault the sharks for taking Meyer over paths you had to do it right you know Meyer's the younger player yep the more controllable player and the future of this team and it stings it stinks that that, that they were forced to let him go and not even apparently make a real competitive offer so right because that's not a break the bank contract for any team and and Maybe, I think if you look at some of Pavelski's stats, I think his shooting percentage was super high last year. Maybe people thought that wasn't sustainable. Certainly, if you look at age, you know, he's getting older. Multiple injuries. Multiple injuries. Multiple injuries at the end of the year. And and people didn't want to take a, take a risk on something like that, you know, and that's sort of the harsh reality of professional sports these days. But um, it, it I have to say it did surprise me because I, I didn't think that that was enough. If someone offered him, you know, $9 million a year for five years. Yeah. Okay. The sharks can't do that, but three for, you know, 21 for three years uh, or three for seven years each. That seemed, uh, that seemed like a ballpark reasonable offer that I was surprised the sharks weren't involved in the sharks couldn't offer that. And, and so I, I think you're right though. I think, I think they didn't expect him to have such a great year. I think 
they said to themselves when they traded for Eric Carlson, what is it going to cost to keep him? And they budgeted for that. And they said, okay, then we don't have the budget to pay more than whatever that number was, six and a half million or six million or whatever it was for Pavelski. And he said, no, I can get something, you know, something better elsewhere. And you know what? I can't fault Joe Pavelski either. No, of course not. He shouldn't just like leave millions and millions of dollars on the table so that he can stick around. Of course not. I mean, there's a big difference, you know, in the amount of money he's going to take home living in the state of Texas. That's true. First of all, um, and him taking a discounted offer to stay in San Jose. So property taxes in Texas, brutal. Anyway, dude, let's talk about a, a part two to this. Yeah, that there's several. I parts. find interesting that if Doug Wilson was aware that Kevin LeBanc was going to take a the probably the best contract in <laughs> in the NHL in the NHL yeah. at one year one million dollars for a player who had fifty six points right. right and who you know Kevin LeBanc. First of all, for people who have heard this contract, and this is a player coming off two very productive years, dude, why the hell would he do this? Why? So I don't know if you saw the interview he did with NHL tonight with Raddick uh, yesterday. I watched that. So there's there's two important things, right? One is it's only one year. Okay. So this is a, a one year, $1 million contract for Kevin LeBanc. He did not have arbitration rights this summer, which means you go to like a judge kind of person and you say, I should get $80 million because I'm the greatest player and this is why. And then the team says, no, you should get $2 because he sucks. And so LeBanc did not have arbitration rights this year. And with the one-year deal, he does have arbitration rights next year. And I think he admitted in the interview that that was part of it. And he's basically betting on himself. He's saying, okay, instead of taking a longer longer deal for maybe less money, not unlike what Timo Meyer did. Timo Meyer, if he continues on this trajectory, he may be the most underpaid player in two years. LeBanc says, if I have another breakout season, they have to pay me big dollars after this, or somebody else is going to, or I can go to arbitration and demand it. So, and, you know, he wanted to stay in San Jose because he knew that with Pavelski gone, he was going to be the top unit power play guy. Yes. So he's betting on himself. That's clearly what he decided to do. Still, it, a lot of people around the league were shaking them he- their head, including Kurz and, and lots of others at the Athletic and elsewhere, saying, "I can't believe, you know, that was the deal." But that it takes it, some stones, it, dude. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. Does it? I mean, because because th- what if he blows up his knee? Yeah, and then he left. Well, I mean, I'm sure he could have gotten, you know, two and six. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So he then he leaves five million dollars on the table. It is a huge risk but for a young make player. Seven million next he year. He could. He absolutely could. Um, the point is, if the Sharks knew that this is how this negotiation was going to end, could they have afforded to keep Joe Pavelski? That's the question. And I don't know the answer. I do think the way the roster is shaked down now that. There is more money available to fill out the next three roster spots than probably Doug Wilson expected. Right. Which might not take them out of the game for someone better than Patrick Marlowe. Right. Which we'll get to. But the LeBanc deal gives them some flexibility now. 
And you just wonder if they wish they had had that flexibility a month ago, a month ago. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there, but still, I think the sharks still only have six million dollars in cap room they do right and it, 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 they they have around i think it's six million dollars there's a way for them to to get more if they uh decide to you know send aaron dell down right. i think they get they have 5.3 million dollars in cap space right now and that does not include uh the dylan gambrell deal which i think would be you know for it may be like a million dollars maybe yeah, yeah. right so they'd have 4.3 million and at that point they're you know and th- this but the, the thing is is that like cap friendly is counting they have eight defensemen right now yeah so you can get rid of jacob middleton or dalton prout or tim right. heed right right although heed i think has to pass through waivers and maybe prout as well yeah. but middleton you can send down right so you're basically still at 5.3 with two, which, which isn't enough for Pavelski, still isn't. It's not, but you know, c- could you have done something else if you had thought you weren't going to have five point three? If you thought you were going to have two point three, right? You know, we're close, right? 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 But if you're at five point three, are you able to do something else? Now, you know, uh, we've seen a ton of NBA trades in the last week with even our own Golden State Warriors trading players and having to include draft picks in order to just get rid of the money. Right. Right. The Sharks could have probably done that if they had draft picks, which they don't (laughs) have a ton of, although they've got, you know, firsts in 2021 and 2022. But, you know, they could have forced Aaron Dell and, you know, uh, Melker Carlson on someone and saved the money or, you know, the other option that was reported out there was they could have traded Brendan Dillon, which I think would have God. been just a gutting of the team. That was the one thing I really did not want to happen. And honestly. I'm sure they didn't want it to happen either. They they cannot afford to lose Brendan Dillon on that back line and Justin Braun. It would have been devastating. So the LeBanc deal, you get an A plus for that, right? Oh yeah. The Pavelski deal. You get an incomplete. It's it, because you know you know they had to to go with Carlson over him, and that was the decision that they made. Ba- was ba- it the right choice? A, barely a C minus. Was what was it? But was it the right choice? We won't know we're, until we're we know. see, you know, how Pavelski plays on another team, which you could conceivably say it it could be the same old Pavelski, or it could be a significant step down. Right. You know, we've seen good players. Or great players go to other teams and struggle. <laughs> Louis Erickson. Right? Yeah. That just go to other teams and not be the same. It's true. Near the end of their career. And, you know, I hope Joe Pavelski, we wish him well. But, you know, Doug Wilson hasn't been wrong about many of these right. that he's walked away from. And uh, we'll just, we're going to have to wait and see. And, and, and he, he scored again with the Timo Meyer deal. Frankly. He did the Timo Meyer year for twenty four million. I mean, that is that's a great deal for a player that is in the 60, 70 point range. And that's it's a 20, steal. Twenty three years old. It's a steal. Yeah. I mean, like you know, and you're exactly right. LeBanc and Meyer are going to pick up the lion's share 
of what was left behind by Pavelski not being around anymore. It's really going to be Kevin LeBanc, who you think he had 56 points last year. He knows he could get 70 yeah. if he takes advantage of and he's going to have no more motivation than dollar signs. And right? he had relatively few power play points, to be honest. I mean, most of those 56 points were not power play points. So it's not like he was hoovering up the sure. primary assist or the secondary assist from Joe Thornton feeding somebody in the slot. He didn't get a ton of points on the power play last year. So if he gets more power play time, uh, we might, yeah, I think we could easily see a 70-point player out of Kevin LeBanc. So that's good news. And and obviously, Meyer was the right guy to bet on. He's a 30-goal scorer at age 23 and, a, and a, a powerful guy. That's the guy you want to be in the locker room long term uh there's there's no question about it and you know i don't know if you i like the stats articles and i don't know if you've been reading the dom lucision articles but he's posted two articles this week about what are the 10 best contracts in terms of production versus dollar and what are the 10 worst and timo meyer is one of the 10 best contracts in the nhl yeah. right now well, at least according to his you know his model which is complicated and you know well, kevin people- lebank's got to be number one it, it wasn't because it's only one year, so the overall upside is not gigantic, but the overall upside for Timo Meyer's contract, because it's four years sure. left, is pretty huge. So, um, And the one thing I was a little surprised at is given how much Eric Carlson made, that wasn't considered to be a bad deal from his metric either. Hmm. Not a good deal, but not a terrible deal. So um, I don't think it was a huge miss in terms of years and dollars. Uh, someone else would have given it to him, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. like oh, yeah. someone else would have given it to him. They couldn't have given him the same, right? but they would have given him, you know, comparable just a year less. I mean, he was going to get paid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he deserves to get paid. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the top 10 players in the whole league. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, it, it sucks. It stings. It hurts. I don't know that it was the right, call but i don't know that it was the wrong call right you know but there's a lot of deals if you look at these deals uh that tend to go bad and i'm thinking about that article specifically if you think of some of these deals that are are tough to swallow the david backus deal which isn't which sounds maybe a little bit worse than it is but i mean he was a healthy scratch in the stanley cup finals milan lucic right some of these deals are these several year deals in the early to mid 30s right and i think doug wilson is right to try and avoid that i think he did it with brent burns because he saw he saw the diamond in the rough or or whatever the special player that brent burns is but i can understand just saying okay we don't give five-year deals to 34 year old players i you know yeah if you never ever do that you're probably not going to go that far wrong <laughs> for the right, most part. Right. And I can understand them not wanting to do that with Joe Pavelski as much as the fan base and everybody seems to love him, you right. know, and admire him and respect him that I, I can understand not wanting to say, okay, let's commit a bunch, a bunch of dollars for a guy who's 34 and who had an amazing shooting percentage and, and, you know, is, has an injury history. Right. So do, what do we see now, dude? What do you, what else is on that note, that notepad of yours? <laughs> Well, dude, I mean, there's a uh, you know another player who has been re-signed to you know be somewhere in the defensive mix, and that's Tim Heed. It's a one-year, nine hundred sixty thousand dollar deal, sixty-seven NHL games. I'm surprised it's been so few. Actually, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's. I I also was also surprised that Tim Heed's been part of the Sharks for four years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been around for four seasons, and he's only played sixty-seven games. So 
you know, they obviously don't like him that much, but uh, they like him enough. They certainly like him more than Yoke and Ryan. Right. That they... I'd love uh, to know that story. Uh, they've decided to keep him around. I mean, you go 67 NHL games, 24 points. There's interesting potential there, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I would really... I'd like to see him get a shot, if he earns it, to play more regular minutes. I mean, like if, if you're projecting 67 games, 24 points, I mean, if you're playing a full season, you're almost at 30 points. Yeah, it's not you bad. Know, and that's pretty damn good mm-hmm. for for a third pairing defenseman. Sure. So um, I'd like to see them really figure out what he has here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll be in the mix with Jacob Middleton, a Sharks prospect, and then also uh, a new defenseman, Dalton Prout, um, one-year deal, 262 NHL games. He really has only has had a regular role for two seasons, 2014-16 with the Columbus Blue Jackets. He played in the mid-60s both years. Physical player, can yeah. drop the gloves. Sounds right. like the Michael Haley yes. uh, version of someone who can... Uh, you know, maybe be trusted a little bit more on the ice than Michael Haley, but can be, you know, that physical presence. Um, and then maybe the most interesting is Johnny Brodzinski, right? Okay. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski uh, described as a player with power and speed, a very effective AHL scorer, um, is was signed to a, a one-way deal from what I can tell. Huh. So I think they are expecting this guy to make the team right and to play because if they send him down they could lose him so um come coming over from the from the kings he was a i think a, a fifth round draft pick of the kings um got hurt played you know probably 50 nhl games i think uh seems like an interesting player uh a player i like that they described that he had power and speed right so um Players to watch, you know, as we're going into camp here. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski is not going to be a, a difference maker here, right? But you know, the fourth line continues to be, we look at how good St. Louis's was, and and they did that with mostly homegrown guys, right? Right. And Ryan Reeves. The Sharks are, well, Ryan Reeves not on, not on the Blues. Oh, sorry. I've, it, well, you're talking about Vegas' fourth line, too, is pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm going to get to that in a second, dude. Okay. So there's a few things left unsettled right joe well, thornton well there's two there's two other mine there's two other departures dude that we haven't even touched on right and oh this guy, well i'm Brod, so sorry. is gonna yes. you know he's gonna there's there's more holes in the forward core because jonas donskoy is gone and that's got to be was that rated one of the worst contracts by the athletic no that's a terrible contract dude <laughs> i'm sorry what did uh, he do to deserve? I wouldn't have done that. Four years and fifteen point six million. Uh, I don't know. And, Are you kidding and, me? And Nyquist is gone, as we as we know as well. He went to uh, the Blue Jackets. Yeah. Dude, I was so concerned about both that I forgot. Right. I can see that you were. You're Donskoy got th- four years, three point nine million a year. What was his previous contract though? Wasn't his previous contract in the threes? No, he was on a two-year. Three point eight million. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, Don Scoy last year had he had thirty seven points. Okay, but also he freaking vanished. Yeah, he didn't score for, after New Year's Day or something. Right? I mean, 
and in the playoffs, he did nothing. He had one goal. Right. Right. Way too inconsistent to invest four years. Yeah. Like, dude. I mean, it's a bad. I mean, the the Jonas Donskoy we love is the guy in the Stanley Cup year who had six goals right. on the Stanley Cup run. That's the guy that we freaking love. Yeah. That guy hasn't been around, and who scored in overtime against for Pittsburgh for three seasons. Right, right. So it's too bad. I'm saying he's a he's not a bad player. No, no. It would have been cool if he was back at a more reasonable deal, but no. I mean, that's that's no good, and Colorado is going to regret that. They're gonna they're they're gonna regret that. That's a bad signing, right? Uh, Nyquist, where did he even go? Columbus. Yeah, you're right. Oh, that was the oops. We didn't get Duchesne yeah. to stay, so we better do something. Right. Signing right. So Nyquist gets four years, twenty two million. Yeah, he's. It's about right. It's about right in terms of dollars, but. You know, you're not going to sign him for that money when you could try and keep. So they lose so. Panarin, Duchesne, <laughs> and Dzingel, right? And Bobrovsky. And Bobrovsky, <laughs> and they replace him with Gus Nyquist. <laughs> you can't even finish your sentence. Gus Nyquist, and uh, who? Who? That's it, that's dude. It? That's all they've done. That wow. So. That's. I won't be taking Columbus in the Vegas bet. Winter is there already <laughs> oh, in yeah. Columbus. Oh, winter isn't coming. It's already arrived. That's yeah, terrible. Brutal. I mean, in, in terrible, terrible times there. John Tortorella's got to just be in an even miserable. He must right be in now. an even better mood than normal. Miserable. Um. So yes, yeah, so those two players gone. I don't think it's surprising that those two players are gone. Um. At all. Yoakam Ryan signs. With the Kings, good luck. Oh, okay. I didn't see you that. You know, um, yeah, I think he even got more money than Tim Heat. Sure. Well, you know, True. you have one. You no, have one. no, less. 725000 <laughs> So, you know, he's got a shot to have a regular role on the LA Kings, and we'll find out if the Sharks were wrong. I mean, he certainly seemed to be a, and, you know, no surprise, he's going back to play with Tom McClellan, right? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that might have had something to do with this signing. Yeah. You know, McClellan might be a fan. All right, dude, here are the unknowns. Joe Thornton, he's coming back. Yeah, right? yeah he's coming back. How much of this salary cap space does he get? A, mil- right? a million bucks. Okay. Dylan Gambrell, he's going to probably accept his qualifying offer and it's a little short of a million dollars, right? One player that was brought up that I sort of forgot about <laughs> is Ante Suomela. Yeah. I mean, he was given a qualifying offer. Right. So the Sharks didn't... They didn't walk away from him. No. Like they walked away from Joachim Ryan. He's going to be part of this organization next year. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Kevin Kurz who even wrote that they're talking about doing a multi-year extension. Wow. So the thing I heard about him is that they... Don't think he's a lost cause. Okay. He didn't adjust well to the NHL initially and to life in the States mm-hmm. and that they want to give him another run here and see what happens. Because remember, I mean, at the beginning of the season last year, yeah, we were it all seemed like, okay, bye-bye, Chris Tierney. Here's yeah. Suomela. And he actually started out playing pretty well. Yeah. And then he vanished. 
So could this guy be a dark horse on this team where we've completely forgot about Suomela, but maybe the Sharks clearly haven't? Right. That's a it's a good point. I mean, maybe the Sharks just needed to slap him around for a year and say, "Listen, mate, this is what it takes to actually make it in the show. You don't just get to show up and waltz into the third line role and just you just have it because of tenure." I mean, they you know they sent him down and we never saw him again. I mean, he was he just vanished. Um, you know, after a, a pretty decent first month or so, and then he just kind of fell off the table and we never saw him again. So. Clearly, they think he must have some skill set that's worth trying to condition into a, a real sure. NHL player. I would, I would love to see him make some sort of comeback. It's happened with other players before in the past where they sniff the NHL and then they go away and they come back and all of a sudden they're rejuvenated. Yeah, I've got an example for you. His name's Marcus Sorensen. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Sorensen, remember, I mean, he basically they were calling him a burnout. Basically, yeah. how he went down the NHL, he just didn't, his first two years, he didn't live up to the expectations. And then last year he had 17 goals. Yeah. You you couldn't ask more from a guy who's making a million and a half, right? right. So he got he got an extended right. for because he was playing well. So uh the Sharks have they deserve the benefit of the doubt on this because they've been right on so many of these European guys mm-hmm. that I don't think we should forget about Auntie Suamela in all of this, that he could very well be um, part of the regular 12 uh, on the ice um, and don't be surprised if he's back, right? Dude, there's the big outstanding question though, which I was so... I, I couldn't believe it, it could happen when we last broadcast, which is the Patrick Marlowe situation and how the Sharks would never take that contract and you said he would have to get traded to another team. They would have to give up a bunch of stuff for the other team to take him and that team would buy him out. Well, what happened? Toronto traded him to Carolina. He didn't stay and then Carolina bought him out. Nostradug strikes a yes. I I swear. Dude. You're you're two for three. The third part (laughs) is the Sharks sign him and that has not yet happened. Yeah, and I think... I, I don't... I'd like them to think a little bigger, dude. And I think that there's, you know, if Joe Thornton is willing to take way below what he deserves, you know, there are opportunities here for the Sharks to get a better player than Patrick Marlowe and, and look away from nostalgia mm-hmm. and look towards some of these free agents that are still out there. Tell me. Like... Justin Williams, who has murdered the Sharks repeatedly. I know. He had 23 goals last year. He had 50 points. He's a better player than Patrick Marlowe right now. No question. They didn't keep him? He's out there. Wow. He's unsigned. I'd keep that guy. I always keep that guy. Ryan Dezingle, 26 goals last year, 56 points. We just saw Michael Furland, who was... Seemed to have been completely left behind yeah. in all of this. He was like the number one name on the he trade market. He got less money than Jonas Donskoy. Yeah, what? He got a worse deal than Donskoy. Okay? Yeah. Now, here's another one who... And the whole the, the thing I heard about this guy, and I thought it was super interesting the whole way, is that you're not getting this guy for the regular season. You're getting for the playoffs. And we experienced it. Patrick Maroon. Yeah, yeah. That's okay, true. Patrick Maroon. He does a lot of what Pavelski does. Park his giant butt in front of the net and tip. Yeah. Okay? So those three guys, to me, would be better 
than adding Patrick Marleau. Right. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with any of that. Could the Sharks get involved with a trade with a team that needs that there are a couple teams that are right up against the cap and this I do not think that this will happen, all right? But I'm putting it out there because I think I don't think you would disagree that this would make the team better. Vegas is over the cap. Okay. Would they make a trade with the Sharks? Probably not, no, right? No, they would not. But if they traded a player that was making $4 million to the Sharks for a player who's making two, they'd be under the cap. And the Sharks actually are in a position where they could absorb it. Right. So would you make a Melker Carlson for Cody Eakin swap? Man. Dude, I I'm, wouldn't even have to think. I would have already called the commissioner <laughs> dude, at I'm this not, point. I'm not a fan of either player, to be honest. <laughs> Cody Eakin, dude. I mean, I don't know about Cody Eakin, dude. Dude, I mean, the thing that I like about him is he's exactly what destroyed us in the Blues series. He is a hard-nosed, yeah. fourth-line, third-line center. true. He just destroyed Pavelski, right? And he plays hard. Plays hard, like I mean, like. And but do you really need to spend four million dollars on a player that can no, play hard? No, he's a He's his deal is up at the end of the year. You walk away from him. He. But then he why? Brings, then why even have? He brings in because he's better than Melker Carlson. But did. I'm. But I can't you find a guy who plays hard on the free agent market without spending four million dollars? Possible, but I just think it's an upgrade. It makes the team better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you look at another team I'm, like I'd it, pass. Pass. Okay. Well, uh, what about a team like Pittsburgh? That they're at the cap right now. They've got to get rid of more money. Jack Johnson. Well, I don't want Jack Johnson. <laughs> but what if they've already decided to move worst, past Nick Bugstad? Worst contract what if ever. They, Nick Bugstad. I like Nick Bugstad. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm listening now. What if you now. can get your hands... If, you, if you're looking around, Doug Wilson has been so opportunistic in ways like this before. Yeah. They'd have to take back one of the two Sharks players that's making more money than they deserve. Mm -hmm. But the Sharks would then absorb the rest. I mean, I think... And Kerr's kind of put it out there said maybe Doug Wilson's going to think bigger than, than Patrick Mar Marlowe. That's right. You know, which they already decided once that they didn't want to keep him. Mm -hmm. Well, not for what he was asking. But if, I mean, if he would take the, if he would take the league minimum to go to San Jose. Eh. To play on the fourth line? Yeah. How, from what you've seen of Patrick Marlowe, over the last 20 years, do you think he's a good fourth line? Player? I know. I know. Like, why? This is not my head talking. I, I have a soft spot for Patrick Marlowe. He's never been my favorite shark, but I have a soft spot for him. Well, what can I say? He's one of the greatest sharks in franchise history. No question. He doesn't play a game that's suited for bottom minutes. Yeah. He doesn't. Might. Could he step in and be a power play specialist? Sure. Or kill specialist. Right. He, he he didn't. They wouldn't even let him kill penalties in Toronto last year. He killed like six seconds or whatever we said <laughs> last. So I don't even know if speed is what made him so good, and if he doesn't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I just I don't. I want Doug Wilson to sign him because he thinks it will make the team better, not because he thinks that it will make the fans absorb the loss of Joe Pavelski better. Right. And that has to that has occurred to me that maybe they'll take Marlowe because then it reduces the sting. Sure, and that could be a real factor, mm -hmm. right? But Marlowe would have to come knowing that he may play forty games. Yeah. He might get passed by Johnny Brzezinski. Like if Brzezinski's better or Suamella's better, 
or one of these other kids that you know um the two uh kids that uh yeah. you know might contend for roster spots or a couple of the international guys that they signed if they're Chemileski better or whatever then yeah. i'm just not convinced that marlo is gonna help them like i just don't know that he's gonna help them it's a fair point i think i think you're entirely valid in thinking that and i i don't think that anybody you know this is a team that did not have a great fourth line and i don't think it's out of line to say how would patrick marlowe help the fourth line <laughs> that makes sense to me yeah i i don't think he does yeah right whereas Dude. you know you look at a patrick maroon he does <laughs> like i mean like he does help the fourth line. Dude, what other signings happened that we should oh be talking about? Oh my gosh. There's well, so dude, many. There's so many we, we missed we missed, you know, the first of July, but there was lots of crazy things. Okay, well, I've got it up here too. All right. Okay. So um Calgary addresses their goaltending woes by sending Cam Talbot. <laughs> or not. Okay. Um Tyler Myers to the Canucks. The Canucks have done a bunch. They Actually, did a lot. they added yeah. Furland. They traded for JT Miller. They signed Tyler Myers. The Canucks are significantly better. Yes. Significantly better. Corey Perry goes to the Dallas Stars, dude. Very affordable one year, $1.5 It's too bad. I know there was reports that the Sharks did have discussions with him, so right. we were on top of that. Matt Duchesne on a very affordable seven-year, $56 million, $8 million cap hit deal to uh, the Predators. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's been, you know, evidently he, this has been a dance that's been in the making for years. I guess he lives there in the off season. Oh, okay. You know that he's wanted to go there. He's a big music person, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So Matt Duchesne to Nashville, I guess is shocking to no one. Bobrovsky, seven years, $70 million to the Panthers. Right. So they're moving on from Luongo. I'm, that's a lot of money to give a goaltender. I, you know, you know how I feel about that. I don't need to go into that. No, again. no. Uh, how about uh, Mike Smith going to the Oilers I one know. year, two million? They're swapping. Uh, okay, uh, a Sakara. That's an interesting deal for Dallas. I mean, you know, he had an injury plagued run in Edmonton, uh, but was a pretty good defenseman before that. I mean, that yeah. could be a real steal. It could be for them. Uh, Anton Strallman, three years, sixteen point five. No, thank you. I, I Pan wouldn't. Panarin got over 11 and a half for seven to the Rangers. That's an overpay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's, like, that's too, that's too much. Yeah. That's not as bad as the Donskoy contract. I mean, Matt Zuccarello five and 30. That's an overpay too. Yeah. I don't like that deal. I don't think Zuccarello is, is that good of a player. Ryan Carpenter, somehow he got a three year deal Yeah, from uh, the Blackhawks. Good so, for him. I mean, good on him. Right, dude. I mean, as we're scrolling up here and, and looking around, uh, you know, you see, uh, dude, uh, Wayne Simmons, one year, five million from the Devils. I mean, the God, Devils. That's insane. The Devils add PK Subin. Yeah. Right. They uh, they draft, uh, you know, the the kid, the U.S. kid. Right. God, he's blanking on his name. Yeah. Right. Not Hughes. Yeah. Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and now they add Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons is a shell of his former self. $5 million is about $4 million too much. I, Wayne Simmons has dropped off the table in the last three years. He certainly has. It's too bad because I was once stink. The, I was once the biggest Wayne Simmons fan in the world. Like I love that guy. Anders Lee stays on the island seven years, $49 million. So here's the wackiest dance here, dude. Robin Leonard, 
Yeah. Right? Did you read anything about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Robin Leonard gets lowballed by Sweet Lou. Yeah. And he walks away and he takes a one-year deal with the Blackhawks. Betting on himself, I guess. Right? Yeah. And the Islanders pivot to Varlamov for <laughs> right. four years. I know. And they, Varlamov was the distant number two in Colorado. Uh, now he's yeah, he's the number one now, right? You got to play him over Thomas Grice, right? I, because I you're paying him $5 million a year. That is so stupid. This is a beyond stupid yeah. that they basically gave Varlamov the same. They gave, you could have had Leonard for the same. Right. And you went with Varlamov. Wow. Oops. Wow, that is it's a massive miscalculation by by the island. Yeah. And they screwed that up in a big, big way. Dude, uh, we had a trade. Uh we had an offer sheet. Uh Kadri to the Avalanche for Tyson Berry. Aho tries to get poached yep. by the Canadians and uh and Carolina stands pat, right? Mm-hmm. So uh those are the big moves, dude. Big moves. Yeah, I you know, quite a bit of movement. Certainly the Subban deal was big. The biggest free agents were really big deals, Bobrovsky and Panarin. Um, you know, that's a, a lot of money getting thrown around. Certainly the Sharks threw around a lot of money too for for Carlson. So yeah, I I don't see I didn't really see a titanic shift other than what you said about Vancouver. Vancouver's definitely better. Are they a playoff team? I don't know if I'd go that far. But they're not going to be embarrassing. Um, the Kings are going to be embarrassing. That's who's going to be embarrassing. Which is <laughs> dude, be, which is funny. One deal we did not talk about, dude. Hmm. Phil Kessel to Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Phil Kessel to Arizona. Poor yeah. Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, he wanted to go to Arizona. I know, I know. Which is yeah. That's why I say poor Phil. I Kessel. mean, you know, I, I don't know. They think grumpy Phil Kessel is going to put them <laughs> over the top. I don't know. I mean, you look at that. That's. Uh, for a team that I think seemed to have some promise, like now all of a sudden they're capped out. That's weird. They're capped out. They have some weird things going on there. They added Soderberg and Phil Kessel and Grabner. Yeah, these are the guys. Those are the guys that are going to get you in the playoffs. Uh, mm, mm, try again negative yeah that's not gonna happen so dude i mean looking at the i mean i I, i'm not saying the sharks are done because we certainly don't know do you feel worse or better i mean i have to feel worse because pavelski's gone right there's no way you can feel better oh good pavelski's gone no you can't can't feel better about it of course i am relieved that both Meyer and LeBanc signed for friendly deals on both of them. I'm relieved that the Sharks might have some some room to spend a little bit more to get some other players and fill out that third and fourth line. But the fact that they lost Donskoy and Nyquist means there's several spots available for either young players or new players. You look at Kevin Kerr's proposed opening day lineup. He had like two guys who've never played in the NHL on the starting lineup and one of them on the second line. You know, Sasha Chemilevsky, who's been a a, a touted prospect who scored quite a bit in junior, but still that doesn't really make you feel nice and secure when you got a guy like that who has literally never played an NHL game. Oh, suddenly he's in the top six. Sure. Um, I think if you're looking at the Sharks' recent track record with their forwards, they've been pretty spot on. Not Timo ba- Meyer, Kevin bad. LeBanc. Yeah. I mean, they've had some guys 
step into these roles and be incredibly effective to the point where it priced you out of Joe Pavelski. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, Chemilevsky is an interesting name to, to watch. Brodzinski is an interesting name to watch. Uh, Suomela, you know, but there's no question. I mean, the Sharks are going to, they're going to have to get some production out of these minimum salary guys. They're going to have to get some production out of them. They're younger players. But that's how some of these other teams have won as well. That's right. You know, so you have to bet on not just your ability to track stars, but you have to bet on your ability to find diamonds in the rough and draft effectively. And have the Sharks been able to do that? How will they use the rest of their cap space? You know, Joe Thornton is coming back. Will it be for $3.5 million or for the veteran minimum? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think he, you know, apparently is open to whatever's left, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's noble. And how the Sharks will use whatever's left. I just, I have a feeling, I just, it, it, it could... I, I it, it it just seems so unlikely that it's not going to be Marlowe, right? Right. But Doug Wilson did just walk away from another franchise icon. Yeah, I know. So if he felt like there was a better opportunity out there with a better player, I think that that's going to take precedent over. And Marlowe may have bet on the wrong thing. He might have bet on having a spot in San Jose and their baby, no room at the end. Yeah. Right. Or Marlo said, listen, if they're not going to keep me in Toronto, which is a known quantity, I'm not interested in going anyplace else. And he might just be okay with retiring. I mean, he, he certainly said he has enough, but he might have to prove it, uh, to see if he would actually walk away from it. C- certainly San Jose would be his first choice because his kids grew up here, but yeah, I, he, put, he put his eggs in that basket. I don't know if it's going to work out. I, he had to know there was risk involved. I'm sure. I don't, I don't think like, the sharks call them up and say, "Oh, come back! We'd love to have you." I bet that did not happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to know how much of this is premeditated, right? You know, I mean, going back to the NBA and this whole Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving thing. I mean, the players, several players have come out and said this is the absolute worst kept secret in the world. Every player knew that this is what they were doing. Like they this they were going to to Brooklyn. They they were yeah. going to play together. This was what was happening. The Warriors had no chance. Like, I mean, they, right. they didn't they didn't want to be didn't want to be there anymore. So, you know, has Marlowe already, before he made these this calculation, did he already know that yes, if you're gonna go through all of this, that there's gonna be a spot for you here. Right. You're just going to have to wait until we're done making moves. And apparently Carolina did try and keep him, right? That was the word is that they wanted to see if he would play and they ended up buying him out. So maybe Marlon knew something at that point. That- or yeah, or maybe he really, at this point in his life, he's probably made a ton of money. Yeah. Right. And he would rather just be home. Right. Than uh, be in Carolina. Fair enough, right? I've never been to Carolina, but Okay. It's not bad. It's not bad. Good times. It's no Disney World, dude. <laughs> I, I'd like to say you know that we they had several dudes on hockey fans come uh, to see my show, One Man Two Governors, which is closed wow. now. But I really just want to thank 
those of you who uh, who made the effort to come on out and and support me. And if you didn't, uh, f you. Yeah, you're dead to us. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, there were several listeners who uh, who came up to me after the show uh one in fact uh gave us a gift what which i know dude and and i left it at home so i don't want to talk about it yet okay but uh, next episode i'll bring it and it's pretty cool dude i think you're gonna like it but it was cool this listener and his wife came to the show we'll talk about him and what he uh what he brought for us uh but i it, it was awesome to have the support from dudes on hockey uh dudes listeners hockey, dudes on hockey nation i know dude dudes on hockey nation well it was awesome i i really really appreciate it and especially uh those of you who took the time just afterwards to, to stick around and say hey so yeah. thank you dude it was a great show and i greatly enjoyed it thanks dude it was fun to do i'm sure there will be more that we will uh <laughs> let people know all right dude well uh we'll be back uh Sometime in in the next two weeks, yeah, I guess. I, I hope yeah, so. I don't think we'll do every week unless there's some sort of news. Right. Uh, we're in a bit of a lull, right? That's right. Uh, so we'll be at definitely before you go on your next big your next big hike. My next big. Michael's trip. going on a hike. I'm going on a hike. I'm going to sleep in a tent alone. I'm walk around with some bears. Walk around with no electricity. Well, there's bears. <laughs> there might be bears. Mm. Not the Chicago bears, though. <laughs> go sharks. Go sharks. show want to get your questions on the air email questions at dudesonhockey.com dudes on hockey is not affiliated with the san jose sharks organization or the national hockey league